Hey there, Fellowship family. You are listening to a channel created for the church in Winchester, Virginia, and beyond, purposed to encourage, inspire, and equip you to love God and love others more and more. I'm Mark Francis, your host for today, and with me at the round table today is William Worth. Hey, William. Hey, Mark. How are you? Good. Awesome. Well, glad you're here. Excited to dig into more topics here in our focus of identity and sexuality. And just, by the way, remember that there is a video version of this podcast on YouTube that may be watching us, but also you can subscribe for an audio version and listen to podcasts however you typically listen to podcasts. Uh, do you listen to podcasts, William? I do. You don't. I don't. Sorry. This is the first for you. I'll listen to this one. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> Share it with others. But we release this particular channel on Fridays. This is the family channel for fellowship. We also have Sermon Spotlight podcasts and also a global church podcast channel that you can listen to. Well, you know, we're here with William today. Um, you uh, are a single man. Yes. Yes? Yes. And, and we've been engaging in conversations leading to this point um, in our podcast focus of the identity sexuality focus kind of getting into biblical foundations of what is the the biblical perspective of how God has called us to live mm-hmm. and over the last couple of weeks um, we've heard a kind of unique design for women and also unique design for men where it's kind of setting the tone for where God has specifically called men and women to live mostly within marriage and um, so here I just Glad I ask, are you single? Because that's one of the unique characteristics right. of who you are and um, and why you're here with us today. So we're going to kind of call this segment and a couple other segments that we'll be releasing in the next few weeks kind of living out your sexuality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to get a chance to talk to you about this because you have um, really a unique experience. And I just want to share that you um, you did share your your experience with our church um, this past Sunday with yeah. your family. Mm-hmm. And um, so for those of you that are listening that weren't at church, you can feel free to go back and watch that sermon or listen to that podcast. But I would just love to just have you maybe give us a recap of what is your story? What's your kind of almost testimony, if you want to call it that? And then I think from what you did this past Sunday, um, a lot of more questions probably than even answers can. Yeah. <laughs> some of the feedback that we've yeah, gotten. Yeah, absolutely. So we'd love to kind of dive into some of those questions. But just give us kind of your your story, introduce yourself of how long you've been at church and kind of what's led you to this point. Okay, great. Um, so like you said, my name is William Orth, and um, I originally started with my family um, at FBC. I think it was the summer of 1995. Um, we began attending. I think I was in the seventh grade. Um, so it became our church home. Uh, both my parents are very active in the church as well as all of my other family members that still live here in Winchester. Um, and so yeah, FBC would definitely be what I would call, have called my church home, um, as a child. Um, my story, um, as I had kind of led into on Sunday, it really starts uh, for me in the fifth grade. Um, it's where most kids are starting to develop their attractions and figure out, you know, what their likes and dislikes are, you know, as far as sports, girls, boys, all the things. Right. Um, so for me, it's when I first realized something was a little different about me. Um, the other boys in the 
grade were uh, starting to become attracted to girls, and I realized that I was becoming attracted to the boys. Hmm. Um, now, unlike what we're doing now at Fellowship, um, sexuality in general was not really yeah. discussed um, in my childhood. Right. Um, I mean, this is the mid-90s, early 90s, mid-90s, and um, it was in the world, but it was not was not talked about in my family, and it wasn't really talked about um, here at Fellowship or, or really most churches. Hmm. Um, so I knew something was different, um, but I didn't I didn't really know what it was at the time. Um, but I, I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody uh, hmm. because it just didn't seem to fit the norm. So I um, figured it out on my own um, over the course of. I don't, I don't remember exactly how long, but eventually I was able to put a label on it um, mm. that these feelings were gay, homosexual, um, and it was kind of an aha moment. I, I, mm. had, I had something to reference this to. Um, so as a, as a teen yeah. in the church, kind of what were some of the struggles or wrestlings internally? Because you were saying that you didn't verbalize that right. with people. Um, you know, kind of what were, what were some of the things that you were thinking? I mean, you obviously were a Christian, Mm -hmm. you know, you grew up in a Christian home, you've accepted Christ as your savior, you're going to church, you're hearing teachings. Um, but yet you're realizing there's something different there. Like what was some of the internal struggles that maybe you were feeling? I mean, everything that I heard really from society, (laughs) um, it was all just negative. Um, you know, you'd hear derogatory words for for gay and gay and lesbian people um thrown around on the television or sometimes from someone in your immediate family or your immediate friend circle um you know and so it always put my guard up that oh you know someone said queer someone said fag and Hmm. you know that's like all right that must be bad but Mm -hmm. i had learned you know those are words associated with these um these feelings, these attractions, these these questions that I was having. Um, so I was like, all right, well that's bad that's from someone's eyes. So I need I need to just not not let this out. Um, mm-hmm. I guess partly of my question also yeah. is that we 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 just gone through this at least month of January where we have this kind of biblical foundations of what has God called us to mm-hmm. live. You know, so were there any internal struggles of where you were recognizing what was right, what was wrong, what was sin, what wasn't a sin. Kind of did you have those kind of questions in your head at the time? Yeah, I mean as a as a child, as a teen, um I think definitely my spiritual maturity was not what it is now. Sure. Good. Um, Good. <laughs> but you know, I knew right from wrong. I I knew I I conceptually knew that homosexuality was a sin, mm-hmm. um but I couldn't reconcile um, where I was having not sought it, mm-hmm. um, to what do I do with it? Hmm. Um, where's the sin line, uh, almost, um, and yeah. So, so then you graduate from high school, you still live in town. Yeah. You are uh, so, still a part of the church. Right. Kind of so I, where does it lead from there? I went away for a year to college, um, and then I came back and went to uh, community college here. Um, and that time I became um, involved with uh, leading and serving in the church. I was um, helping John Avery at the time with the uh, high school students right. group, 
leading a youth group. And so I was walking that um, Christian line. I, I was I was living the life. I was, you know, mm. almost like the the picture of the good the good Christian single boy. Like sure. um and I hadn't I had not done anything with my sexuality at that time. Um I had had attempted to date a few girls here and there. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes it was to uh keep up an image or, uh, you know, see if I, see if I could change this, um, or stop some bullying or something like that, you know? Um, but it was never, it was never true for me. Um, it always, it, it always felt like a lie. Um, so I was, I was honestly content just being single for, for a minute or two Hmm. and, um, a, an opportunity. Um, I, I don't know. There might be a better word for that, but a situation presented itself where someone um, very close to my age just walked up to me one day while I was at college and um, asked me out on a date. And uh, it was a guy, obviously. And um, I remember being appalled. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, I don't, I don't know what gave you the impression. I'm not, I'm not gay. I'm not homosexual. I don't, you know, uh, please don't ask me out. Right. And, um, you know, he was like, okay, well, when you want to talk about, when you want to talk about that, um, you know, my, my door, my door is open. Hmm. And I just remember sitting on that for like days, um, you know, still just caught off guard of the audacity Hmm. of someone. And, but in my mind, I was like, okay, well, he, he knows like, you know, something about you is, is making this known. Um, in public, and I started getting worried almost. Um, so I, I did. I went and met with him, um, talked with him, and, and talked about struggles of you know growing up in Winchester, Frederick County area, in yeah. the South, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, and Christian homes. Um, you know, what do you do with parents and yada yada. He and it was almost like a sounding board uh, of someone else who had gone through a similar situation with me. Um, and it opened a door. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point I, I, I did, I walked through the door, mm-hmm. um, started in a, in a dating relationship with him. Um, all the while I'm still at church, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, helping with the youth group and serving and attending church. And I did that. Um, I kind of kept up both of these sides for a couple of years. Hmm. Um, and I tried to almost see if I could have both worlds. Hmm. Um, I kind of ignored, didn't really look at or, or read about anything in the Bible of, you know, what it was saying about what I was doing and hmm. didn't really share with any of the people in the gay community that I was in, um, that I was a Christian. Hmm. Um, so I really just kind of built a river, if right. you will, between the two lands and just hopped back wow. and forth. Um, how would you classify your relationship with God in that moment? Um, it's, it's an interesting question. Um, I think I loved, I loved God. I think I loved Jesus. I think I wanted to serve him. Um, but I, I I don't think he was a, a presence in my heart anymore. Um, I think he was slowly becoming replaced with, what I was doing and what I was living. Um, and a- as much as he was present in my life, like I could, 
lead a youth group on a Wednesday night and, and, and know all the answers and, and mm -hmm. teach the lesson and um, be the model Christian. Mm -hmm. And then I'd walk out the door and, and, you know, I'd, I'd meet up with a gay friend or, or, yeah. or, or something of that nature. And, you know, yeah. so it was, it was almost like I was two people. Hmm. Um, and I think that I'll ultimately is what wore me down. Um, because we can only be one person. Well, I'll even push pause there because yeah. I, I just appreciate you sharing this already. Um, and we're going to dive into even more things. But just when you say that, mm -hmm. it makes me realize that the, the struggles that you were struggling with, with same-sex attraction, something that we can kind of classify that with that term, sure. um, and living a double life, mm -hmm. um, isn't just something that gay people, gay Christians oh, no, are gosh, struggling with. Not at all. I mean, you can classify and put label any sin any kind of double lifestyle and mm -hmm. it could be found within the church i mean yeah i think and i don't want to say all of us uh, sure but i would say there's probably a good portion of us that are one person at work or one person at school and a different person right. at church or maybe even someone different in within a family mm -hmm. um but then when we get to church i'm going to put this I'm going to put this face on. Right. I mean, that's literally what right. I was doing right. is this is what people want to see from me. They want to see, you know, the good, good Christian 24 year old, you know, living his life for Jesus. And I mean, to be honest, I don't know that we really sometimes want to hear the struggle. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's not. Yes. My story is linked to sexuality and homosexuality, but we all have that um, that period of, of time we may or may not have put up a facade or right. lived two lives. Great reminder, because yeah. we are in the middle of the, the sermon series in the book of Romans, mm -hmm. and we're just, <laughs> just digging into this Romans 1, where yeah. it shares that you know we all have suppressed the truth yeah. for the lie, yeah. um, and, and that we have turned our backs on God from that standpoint. So... Mm -hmm. To, to classify one sin over another right. kind of really becomes challenging when mm -hmm. many of us have and yeah. could have this double life. Well, one thing I, I really appreciated from Mark here a couple of weeks ago um, when he was reading those verses, which we haven't quite gotten to yep. in the sermon series um, where it lists out, you know, sin after sin, after sin, after sin. Um, and some of them are sound rough to our, right. you know, to our ranking lists, right. if you will. Um, but he's like, I assure you, you're, you're all in that list. Um, you know, himself, all of us, like yep. we have, we have committed something on this list. And that was, that was a, a yes moment for me almost hmm. like, a, hmm. um, I don't know that a win is the right word, but, um. You know, I always, I, I've, a lot of my life I've felt mine's worse. Yeah. Uh, um, and, you know, Mark did a great job of saying, yes, the homosexuals in this list. And yes, the, the you know, I've, I, don't, I, I can't remember the whole list if you sure, want to you, pull you, it up. You look at um, it, I mean, it wicked, goes down the list. Wickedness and greed, you know, but. Evil and we're all in strife, mm -hmm. but then it gets to gossips yep. and insolent, yep. arrogant, boastful. Okay, yeah, I think I might be boastful, sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, disobedient to parents w without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. I mean, we're right here in Romans 1, 30, 31, and mm -hmm. you can look at that list right. um, as you follow along right. with this podcast right here. That, that is 
hard hitting and we all truly yeah. have fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah. As absolutely. Romans shares. So I just, I just want to encourage you from that standpoint that yes, yeah, you're sharing your personal story. Right. This is living out our sexuality kind of podcast, but it's so relevant to mm-hmm. any of us. Um, and on Sunday, you weren't not alone on stage. You had your parents with you. Right. So kind of dive into the family aspect of where we are in the story right now, of, of how you're kind of living this yeah. double life, and and then where does that take you um, with your family? Yeah. So um, I came out to my family in the spring of 2007. Um, I want to say April. Um but it's been a few years, so my my, my memory is not as good as it <laughs> as okay. it was. But um, came out to my whole family, um, different different family, different methods. Um, one of my sisters lives in Pennsylvania, and um, everybody else lives here in the Winchester Frederick County area. But came out to all of them. Um, was just kind of like, hey, this has been my struggle for hmm. thirteen years, I think, at that point. Hmm. Um, but I can't really live a lie anymore. So um, I'm gay. And it's kind of was like, here it is and in your lap yeah, now. How did that go? Um, I mean, I think I tried to prepare myself as much as possible for, you know, like the, the spiral effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the thing is, like, it's almost like the devil and the angel on, on the shoulders, you know. Um, I had my hope so it wasn't really a person but the hope of you know maybe your family will will be okay this will go well you know but everyone over here in the world um in in the gay community that that i was already out to is like y'all your family's gonna hate you they're gonna disown you and like so i had i had prepped myself Hmm. for kind of like doomsday prep if you will Hmm. um for like worst case scenario um i mean even to the fact I, i i was um before I came out, I was living with one of my siblings. Um, I moved out of their house um, just from a fear standpoint of, well, mm. if I get kicked out, I better have a place to live. Wow. Um, yeah. I was actually working for another member of my family and was like, well, I should probably get another job because, you know, I might lose my job. Um, were those the right decisions? I'm not sure. But that's kind of the mentality that I was in of, you know, you need to prep yourself for the worst case scenario. Um, it was hard. Um, you know, my parents didn't know what to do. Um, I I can remember my mom saying, well, I don't accept this. And I'm like, well, you don't really got a choice to accept it. Um, but that was a reaction out of, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but I had 13 years to come to grips with this. Mm -hmm. Um, they had 13 minutes, you know, to come to grips to it. So it was, it was a shock to their system that I didn't really understand at the time. Um, you know, um, there was a lot of, uh, at that time, you know, is there a gay gene? That was a big thing in society. Um, and so, you know, members of the family were questioning, well, if, if you're gay, am I gay? You know, and so dealing with some of that stuff. Uh, so, how, how do you answer that? Oh gosh, today, <laughs> uh, n- not the science of it, but I mean, just the the tendency that society right. has this kind of homophobia, sure. or you know, I touch you, something's going to yeah. rub off, or I'm in the same family, or yeah. you know, oh, he served in the youth group, yeah. and you know, is that going to rub off on my children? Mm-hmm. How, 
How yeah. do you answer these questions? I mean, comically, um, I'll say it's not contagious. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's a good start. Yeah. Um, I don't really get a lot into nature nurture. Um, I- I've talked at a couple of conferences with some other um, speakers and they don't either. Hmm. Um, I think it's kind of like a perfect storm. Um, you know, different fa- familiar w- relationships. You know, there's some stereotypes out there of, you know, a strong willed mother or, and my mom did say she was strong willed on Sunday. She, so I get a pass at that. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, if it's a distant father, you know, my dad worked a lot. Um, he was our, our sole breadwinner. Um, so he was uh, oftentimes at work. Um, you know, I wasn't into sports. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, mm-hmm. there was stereotypes and things that kind of fit in, um, you know, as far as, uh, a, a gene, you know, I don't think there's necessarily a gene. I don't want to get into the scientifics, but I'm for not a medical person, yeah. <laughs> so we're not going to go there. Have no fear. Um, but for me, what I will say is um, the the attraction wasn't a choice. Um, and and it, it's interesting. I'm actually glad you brought it up because I can remember when when I was full blown living living in my lifestyle choice. Um, I was having a conversation with with a few of my my gay friends, and um, I remember asking one of them and said, "Well, if, if you could if you could be heterosexual right now, would would you?" He's like, "Absolutely, really." And I said, "Yeah." So you huh. so you you don't think you chose this either? He's like, "Absolutely not." And he, I remember him looking at me just square in the face, like I'm looking at you, and say, "Why would I choose this?" He's <laughs> like, "This is hard." Um, you know, we like to think that society loves this, you know, and, and hmm. to some degree they elevate it. Um, but it's still a hard life. Um, hmm. it's not a norm. There's, there's discrimination everywhere. Um, and especially, you know, kind of where we live and then as you go further South, you hmm. know, it kind of mm-hmm. gets a little bit worse. We're not a major metropolitan area. So, um, you know, it, it it's not, um, it wasn't something I asked for. Hmm. Um, no more than than the prideful person, for instance, to go back, yeah. you know, asks for that propensity um, to be boastful or that propensity to to gossip mm-hmm. um, or the propensity to to drink or whatever, whatever it is. Um, That's our sin nature coming yeah, out. Exactly. Whatever the propensity is for me might be different than for you. Right. But in God's well, we still eyes, it, it, we still have one. Yeah. In God's eyes, it still is falling short right. of where he's called us to live. Yeah. And you just happen to have this propensity yeah. to have this attraction. Right. And and yet each one of us can have a different attraction. Mm-hmm. But even so, okay, so you maybe you didn't quite know it as much at, at that time mm-hmm. than you do now. Walk me through what those years were like when you were out and when you were living it out um you know that would be maybe some some would consider kind of your moments away from god sure you know so walk me through what that was like for you and um and obviously there's light at the end of the tunnel so we can get to the the hope and the end stay tuned yeah okay (laughs) there there is but i want to kind of hear kind of where you were personally in those years as well um I mean, when I, when I came out, I did ultimately end up leaving the church. Hmm. Um, and for all intensive purposes, my family for most of the case. Um, it just was easier to avoid 
um, church and avoid um, family than to try to try to engage in it. Um, it was always a 800 pound gorilla that nobody ever wanted to talk about. Right. Yeah. So um, I was really content just walking away and, and doing what I was going to do. Um, you know, I dated, there was relationships here and there. Um, uh, ironically looking back, nothing ever fulfilling. Hmm. Um, I think for me, you know, everybody as a kid is like, sees that picture of, Oh, you know, one day I'm going to have a wife, two kids, a puppy, you know, white picket fence and, you know, 2.3 acres or whatever, (laughs) whatever that American, that American dream thing is. So when I realized, okay, well, you have homosexual attractions. So that picture is not going to be attainable. So then I'm like, all right, well, maybe I can have the Hollywood picture um, that, you know, you would see in, you know, People Magazine or in the mm-hmm. TV shows or mm-hmm. in the um, in the movies. Um, I was like, all right, well, I'll just I'll just trade the wife for a husband mm-hmm. and, you know, we could adopt or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm like, surely that's out there. I, I see this on, on, yeah. H, you know, uh, Hollywood. But, but ultimately, you're saying it's not fulfilling. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't out there, and the relationships were void. I mean, um, it just. And I know now, um, as I've come back to Christ, that it's because those relationships were void of Him, right? Um, void yep. of His presence. Yep. Um, but my life was still at that moment. Um, and I think one of the the greatest things for me was I, I, I had people in my life that didn't give up. Um, and um, I, I started to become really, really connected to um, a church of, in Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, and I think God used that almost as a catalyst to work in my life. Um, I, I pretty instantly built a wall, probably 20 feet high and all the way around me, mm. um, to keep Christians out and, and to keep God out. I, I was mm. really done. Um, and so I can kind of look back now at life and see where God was like chiseling away at the mortar between the bricks mm. of, you know, um, just somebody, you know, giving me a hug. If I'd mm-hmm. come back to fellowship mm-hmm. who I was like, surely that person hates me, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just saying, I love you. Um, you know, my, my sister, who's also a strong-willed individual in Pennsylvania, uh-huh. um, like my mom. And so she had a rule. She was like, if you're going to come stay, uh, for the weekend with me, you, you're going to go to church. So if you're sleeping in my house on Saturday night, you're going to church Sunday morning. Good for her. Um, and I remember like telling her at the beginning, you know, fine, well, you can make me sit there, but I'm not going to listen. Um, <laughs> And like literally, like if I do a flyover of my life for five years, like I can remember sitting with my arms crossed, like the first X number of visits. Mm-hmm. And then like slowly you can see the arms uncross and mm-hmm. go down by your your side. It was it was God mm-hmm. doing that. You know, I, he was opening up my ears, opening up my heart and just using using common people, using everyday common Christians hmm. to to show me to show me love um, to ultimately a point where I was sitting on a hammock talking to to a pastor and saying, what's what's different? Why? Why are you? Why are you so nice to me? Um, I think that was literally what my word was. Um, 
And she's like, what do you mean? And I was just like, well, you love me. Like, do you not know what I'm doing? Mm. Um, and I asked her that, like, like bold-faced. And so she's like, I- I've known since the day I met you um, what you were doing and how you were living. And wow. she said, but I am called to show you love and to show you love and truth. And she she read to me the Ephesians 4.15 passage. Mm. Um which is speaking the truth through love. Mm-hmm. And there's some more before and after it, but that's a paraphrase. And it just struck me. Yeah. And I was like, so you really do love me in spite of this? And she's like, yes. And I said, and God really still loves me in spite of this? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, wow. Like, it, it was almost like a light bulb was going yeah. off. Um and it's interesting that that moment was in a, in the summer and by that following winter uh, i had stopped i had stopped dating wow. i'd stopped dating men um i i didn't consciously know it at the time hmm. um but I, I just ended a relationship and i was like I, you know i'm done i don't yeah. i don't need this anymore i don't I, like I said, it wasn't fulfilling. So kind of a slow progression yes. back towards God. Right. But what a great picture mm-hmm. of God working your life through others. Right. Through other people. And here at Fellowship Bible Church, we kind of have this phrase called authentic fellowship. Yes. Where it's fellowship, meaning not just talking about the weather, not just, hey, mm-hmm. what did you eat last night or whatever, but digging into somebody's life mm-hmm. to then challenge right. you in that moment. Yeah. You know, she might not have been a perfect stranger, but you didn't know her for that long. Right. And able to speak truth to you to plant a seed. Right. At least to get you back towards the right path. Mm -hmm. So uh, so the bigger aha moment, um, I call it when I reclaimed my faith. My mom likes to refer to it as my second redemption, as she said on Sunday. So there's a plug, mom. Um, Was I, I was sitting in a church service. And, um, my, uh, the pastor, uh, was teaching on corporate giving and the title of the sermon was, um, I'm not done yet. Hmm. And I remember sitting down and I was like, Oh, it's on tithing on offering like, Oh, and as he started speaking, I, I just started having a conversation with God. Um, and I heard God say, I'm not done with you yet. And it was personalized. Um, and I was just like, you know, what? And it's like, I'm not done with you yet, William. Um, I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. I love you. All, all of the edifying things yeah. just just flooded into my mind and in my heart. I mean, it, it was one of those goosebumps, shiver moments. Hmm. Um, wow. And I remember, I remember crying. I'm crying by the time the message was over. Hmm. Um, my brother-in-law was actually sitting next to me he was the only one that was with me and he's uh he's an introvert and okay. a little 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 shy and he was like what is wrong <laughs> with you why are you crying over a, a corporate giving message right and i was just like i think i should probably go talk to my sister and he was like yeah i think you probably should um and i remember going up to her and finding her and tears just hmm. streaming down my face hmm. and she she was uh helping with the children's ministry and they kind of do the same thing that, that the big church does. Okay. So she's like, why are you crying over corporate giving? 
And I told her, I said, God's not done with me yet. And she's like, yeah, I know, William, God's not done with you yet. And I'm like, no, like, I, I'm ready. I'm ready for, mm. I'm ready for him. I'm ready to live my life for him. Well, she lit up, mm. just absolutely lit up mm. and was like, okay, all right, well, we, we gotta, we gotta talk about this. Um, so I remember talking with, um, a pastor friend the following day and saying, um, okay, like this is what happened yesterday. And how do I live my life now? Like, right. And right. it was kind of like, okay, I'm at another crossroad. And what do I do at this crossroad? You know, mm-hmm. the first one was I, I, I chose to live my lifestyle, you know, in 2007. Now it's 2012. Mm. And I'm like, what do I do here? And he, he kind of looked at me and like, well, what do you mean? What do you do? And I said, well, I've, I've stopped. I've stopped having relationships with men. It's been five months. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, I, I don't I don't need that. I don't have a desire for that. And that was kind of when that I realized that for the first time. Interesting. Was that oh. I was like, oh, well, <laughs> he's and I realized he God had already taken that away. Hmm. And I'm like, how incredible. And um, I said, so I don't I don't have this need. I'm not I'm not pursuing that. I said, but, you know, boil it down. I still have this attraction. I, I said, hmm. I still if if I were to to pursue this, it would it would be with a man and not with right. a woman. So I'm like, I, I don't know how to reconcile. Because maybe what you've heard your whole life leading up to right. it. Right. You might not have had any thought but either you're you're out and you're gay right. or you're straight or and you're in a church. Straight and, right. Yeah. I mean that that that's yes. That's a boil it down. And um so he looked at me, kind of smiled, and he was like, "You can still live your life for God if this is, if you have this attraction. You know, hmm. you might have that for the rest of your life. God might take that away, but He might not. Um, you know, and but you can choose to to walk in Him and live your life for Him versus for yourself." And I was like, "Really? Hmm. Like I I can I can just do that? I can." not act upon this um and god will be good Hmm. and um you know he was like yeah and so for me that's kind of been that's how i've lived my life um you know it is it is denying self Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. to live to live a life closer to christ Hmm. um you know it's not always easy (laughs) um but yeah, from that moment, that's that's what I've decided to do. Because what we do know, scriptures yeah. call us to mm-hmm. live, you know, pure and kind of something that has been bantered around church in this focus already. Just the idea that you know, if you're not married, you're called to be pure, right? You know, called to be celibate, mm-hmm. and and then if you're married, you're called to be monogamous, right? You know, essentially, you know, just with your spouse, mm-hmm. um, and so. How does that really play out in your life today? Yeah. Knowing, okay, that is the biblical call, knowing you have these attractions, mm-hmm. and yet you, you, it seems like that light bulb moment you had with that pastor in Pennsylvania, right. mm-hmm. and, and you're like, okay, I have this other option now. I, I right. feel like I have these tendencies. Mm-hmm. However, I can still live a biblical model. Kind of what does that look at, look like on a day to day basis for you? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yes, it, it boils down to celibacy. I mean, um, 
but it's, you know, as I said earlier, you know, uh, God is not looking at homosexuality different. You know, it's, it's in the same list of sins as everything else, but how it's lived out in my life now is different. Um, you know, I, it, it's, it's like heterosexuality, but a little bit worse because I am unable to, to pursue anything like, mm. you know, you can't, mm. um, a single heterosexual man would be able to, to date, mm-hmm. um, and, um, potentially get married. Mm-hmm. Um, for me right now, that's not, I can't do that. Right. My, you know, my attraction is towards a guy, so I can't, I can't have that. Um, so for me, it was, how can I keep from being lonely when I'm alone? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's, it's community. Okay. It, it's Christ centered community. Yeah. Um, I I tried to do do it alone. Um I'm I'm like 52 48 introvert extrovert. Okay. <laughs> so um I I, I might lo- have you beat there. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> um but so I like I like to be alone. And I and for a lot of my life I was I was content in that, but I didn't realize I had the ex- external relationships, external dating. Hmm. So when that was gone, I'm like I need I need to fill that. Um, so I intentionally began, um, rebuilding my relationships with my family that mm-hmm. had become broken. Um, and I developed a core group of, of friends, Christian friends, um, majority Christian friends that knew, knew me before, knew me during, and now knew me after, mm-hmm. um, and can support. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came back to fellowship in 2016, um, I joined your community group. Yeah, which I appreciate um. <laughs> because I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll admit that, yes, we, my wife and I knew you mm-hmm. um, before. And right. then from my perspective, you went MIA. Right. You're <laughs> gone. I think there's years where we didn't mm-hmm. see each other or chat. Yeah. And then uh, one day I get a call from the church saying, hey, there's this guy, William Orth. He's looking around for mm-hmm. community groups, mm-hmm. yours or somebody else's. I was like, I'll take him. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Bring it. And what you bring and add to our group enhances our group right. um, from your perspectives. And I hope that we can mm-hmm. then also bless you. Yeah, absolutely. From that. Um, so I think for me that 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 is it. It's it's, you know, OK, so you're going to you're alone. You might be alone for the rest of your life. Who knows? Mm-hmm. God does, but not me, mm-hmm. not anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um but how do you, how do you still have a, a fulfilling life? Um, and it's, it's one thing I appreciate about our community group is it's, it's diverse, mm-hmm. um, which was why you were on the list <laughs> to be picked. Um, you know, and I, I've listened to a couple of nationwide um, speakers like Rosario Butterfield or Christopher Yuan, who's coming this coming right. Sunday. Um, and I got to speak in November um, with Gary Ingram and they all hammer in this idea of community. Hmm. Um, you know, because so many times we just want to be with who is like us. Right. Um, right. you know, if, if you're single, you know, sometimes we're like, Hey, we have a singles group, you know, um, if you're married, you know, it's other, if you're married in your twenties, well, let's find other married in our twenties. If you've got two kids ages five and seven, you're looking for other families with kids of five and seven. You know, right. if you're retired, you're looking for other retired people. And that 
that is great. There's value in that. I'm not, I'm not knocking that, mm-hmm. but there's value in diversity. There's value in community. Right. And I think that would be one of my standing points, if you will, of what I would ask the church to do hmm. um, is to step up and um, maybe step out of your comfort zone right. and embrace the other people that are a little bit a little bit different that don't fit your mold maybe. Yeah, and don't fit your mold, but I also since you've come to our group mm-hmm. I've had a, a just a greater passion and desire to engage in single people's right. lives. Um, right. just the the difficulty that there is of not having full companion every mm-hmm. day of the week mm-hmm. and, and then even taking it to the next level of where you are with your attractions yeah. and kind of that that yeah. long-term bent now we're not having this conversation to make us feel sorry for you no absolutely not um you know i have, have a great have life for the record great life. <laughs> but i will ask you let me ask you the question that you asked your friends mm-hmm. when you were living that lifestyle do you wish that you could be quote unquote normal do you wish yeah. that you could somehow become yeah. attracted to women i, I appreciate the quotes <laughs> because um i don't like to think those i'm not normal those are air quotes, are air quotes for people yeah who can't see um is that's that that's probably the number one toughest question um that anyone's ever asked and so i will answer it for me Perfect. that's um, why we're here this is your perspective for where for where i am so when i when I reclaimed my faith, I don't remember if it was the same day or, or the same week or same month, but it was in that general time frame. I remember having, I, I prayed, um, I prayed to God and I said, okay, God, this is, this is what I'm choosing now. I, I'm choosing you over me. Um, if it be your will for me to be attracted to women instead of men, um, I, I, I pray that you you do that. Uh, if it's not your will, then I pray that you give me the strength to live this life as you called me to live mm. um, from mm. now until you call me home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was sincere. Um, and, and like I said, I prayed it once and I haven't prayed it since. Um, people have asked me, well, why, why are you not still praying that? And so I have an interesting answer for that. Good. Because I say... I said, well, for me, again, for me, if if I were to pray that every day, it's almost like I'm saying to God, what you've done is not enough. Mm. Um, so the fact that he has taken me out of that life that I was in for seven years, um, given me the friends, the family, the church, the community that I have now, um, it's like, thanks, God, for what you've did. But can I have a little bit more? You know, thanks for the bowl of ice cream. Mm-hmm. But where's my cherry? Yeah. Um, wow. Right. And, you know, it, it, it's like Paul says, you know, the thorn in my side. Um, this might be the thorn in my side. It, if it is, I know God will God will give me what I need mm-hmm. to live to live this. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Yeah, so that's that's great because you're you're content in where God has right. placed you. Um, not desiring something that might not be attainable. Right. And I think that can be, that can resonate with any of us, mm-hmm. um, with any of our difficulties yeah. and struggles that we face. Yeah. And I think, you know, you said it and I said it, it's, it's content. 
Um, you know, sometimes the world, I have a couple of non-Christian friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, well, you're not happy. Are you happy? And it's a tough concept because the world, society wants you to be happy. I yeah. mean, that's, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Sure. You know, but that's that's not that's not biblical. That's not in the Bible. Um, the Bible asks me to have joy mm-hmm. and to be content. Mm-hmm. Um, I have joy. I have the joy of the Lord. Um, and I'm, I'm content. I mean, um, just, just actually a few minutes ago, um, I ran into someone and they're like, are you lonely? I'm like, I'm not lonely. Like, I'm really not lonely. I mean, you can't see the smile that is on my face if you're not watching it, but it's like, I'm not lonely. Yeah. Um, I might be alone, but that's it. You know, I think, um, I, I, we haven't touched on this, but I, I live with a family. Okay. Um, yep. Because, uh, they are, they don't have an immediate family here in the Winchester area. Um, they're kind of transplants from New York and Tennessee and, um, just became friends with them a couple of years ago, five or six. And, um, I got to a point where I realized living alone wasn't, uh, wasn't healthy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, it opened me up a little bit to temptation and, um, just wasn't, wasn't positive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I reached out to him and I said, Hey, I want to come live with you. And they're like, okay. Um, That's and great. they literally embodied community. Yeah. Um, and now they have two kids and I and are you am... changing diapers. <laughs> nope. No, nope, I draw the line of diapers, <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm those, those kids uncle. I mean, they, we are, we are family, you know? So when you get home, you get to, download to your your wife and kids what right. you know what your day was well i get to download to brian and megan and and their their twins yeah. so you know i mean we we have this picture like i had this picture like i said earlier um when i was eight nine ten who knows of what life would look like but you know sometimes god can give you a greater picture than what you can imagine as a kid yeah and i, I personally think i have a pretty good one that's great yeah uh, you know we are wrapping up our time here, but there is probably even more questions that we could answer, mm-hmm. even an entire extra podcast. But I'd like to touch on something just to kind of shift gears a little bit, knowing that this is your story yeah. um, and kind of giving us your perspective of how you're interpreting scripture mm-hmm. and how you're interpreting your attractions. Um, when when do you feel like that you're crossing the line? Because you, as you mentioned, you know you, you can't get married. Right. You, you need to be celibate. Right. But how are you recognizing when you may be falling into a sinful trap? Mm-hmm. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for me, I, I think I do the line is attraction versus um, action. Mm. Um, you know, so my, my attraction is what my attraction is just like yours is. Um, but choosing not to act on that attraction is, is for me where the line is. Um, you know, just like an alcoholic, you don't you don't take an alcoholic to the mm. to the bar. You right. don't take a gambler to the casino. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't go to some of the, the gay scenes, mm-hmm. the, the gay clubs or whatever it may be. You know, I, I don't put myself in the same situations that I was when I was living in that lifestyle. Mm. Um so so for me it's it it's literally simply attraction versus action, not um, 
not pursuing, not living that out. That's great. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So just a couple of kind of follow up questions on that. You mm-hmm. know, when you look at the world's perspective. Sure. Um, and and how pride and how proud people can be when they come out and how yeah. that is celebrated. Yeah. And and they are essentially identifying themselves mm-hmm. as a homosexual yeah. or a transgender person or a bisexual. I mean, all these mm-hmm. words that are yes. out there in the world today. Um, how do you define who you are yeah. right now, right. you know, as, you know, a world might call uh, themselves gay or homosexual? You know, do you identify in yeah. any kind of capacity like okay. that? Um, well, and again, you know, we're in the middle of this focus, identity and sexuality, a biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. So my identity is only in Christ. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a son Son of God. Mm-hmm. I mean that that is my identity. Um, the problem is the world. <laughs> sure, really. Yeah. I, I mean, because the world doesn't know Christ, so they don't understand. What do you mean your identity is in Christ? Because my their world's identity is in all of these other things. Whatever, as we've been talking about in the focus, you know, their identity is in their job or mm-hmm. their marriage or their 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 familial status or, or where they were born or and now sexual you know. orientation. Sure, now yeah. sexual orientation. And for me, when I came out, my my identity was my sexual orientation. Absolutely. I mean, I embraced it with open arms. And, you know, now my that's not my identity. Um, It's no more than my hair is brown uh, um, or that I'm white or that, that, you know, I'm single. You know, none of those things define William. Mm. Those are just Mm. things that... uh, makeup William the, the the makeup of me the characteristics of me you know mm-hmm. um so if someone backs you and me into a corner and is like what's your sexual orientation or what's right, your right. you know sexuality or do you like boys or girls you know uh, um it doesn't happen often you know but if it does happen I'm like okay well my attraction is still um same sex or homosexual or, or gay whatever um, but it's the difference of, of that term, a having power in my life. Right. Um, you know, right. For seven years it had power in my life. Hmm. It doesn't have that power anymore. I, I don't give it that power. God took that power away. It used to be a noun that defined me. Now it's an adjective that just simply describes one part of me, hmm. um, a part of me that God may someday change. Right. Um, who, who knows? Um, but it, 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 it doesn't have to be everything that you are. It's not everything that I am. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to note that the, when you use the word identity in the world, it is going to be something of the world. Right. And, and here we're merging in our focus (laughs) Mm -hmm. definition and, and our focus kind of title, trying to understand and rationalize the world's version of identity, right. but then know our firm identity, mm-hmm. our satisfaction is in Christ Absolutely. and in Christ alone. And and that's that's what makes us essentially, and that's what's mm-hmm. giving you the power to overcome these attractions. Right. And as you recognize that, yeah, you, you you had that moment where you're calling on God to say, hey, can you take these from me right. um, or change me? Right. And, and you've got your answer. Right. You know, you found your identity. Mm-hmm. Your true identity Absolutely. is now in Christ, Absolutely. which is great. You know, and I, I think that this particular 
well, just our, our chat here mm-hmm. is unique. Yeah. I mean, Fellowship Bible Church has never had <laughs> these kind of chats before. Right. Um, and I hope that others um, in other churches as well have more conversations mm-hmm. like this. Um, I even find, I think this past weekend from the stage in our worship service was momentous mm-hmm. for FBC Absolutely. of having you and your parents up there recognizing that, yes, this is a life change and a life moment. Um, but it's not isolated. You know, th- th- you're not the only person a yeah. struggling with this here in our church or in the <laughs> in our culture right. and society wrestling with their relationship with Christ and with their attractions. Um, but I think there is still work to be done mm-hmm. um, in church at large, mm-hmm. the global church, um, but also here at, at Fellowship Bible Church. So with this three-month focus that mm-hmm. we have, what what hopes, what goals, what aspirations would you have that come out of this um, this time in the life of our body at Fellowship? Yeah, and I think you know John Avery did a great job on Sunday um, talking about you know this is just one one person's story, this is just my story, but everyone has a story, um, and God works through any sin um, to bring to bring that follower back to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might not be struggling with you know, same-sex attraction or, or, or identi- gender identity issues, um, but the story was the hope yeah. um, that, uh, as I said on Sunday, you know, I ran away from God. Absolutely. I ran far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he was always there. I, I didn't always know he was there, but he was always there working. Yeah. Um, so... If it's a family member that has someone struggling um, in this sin or or in any sin, really, um, is don't give up on God because mm-hmm. he's not giving up on you or that individual. Right. Um, and um, to just have hope that God's timing is perfect um, and, and his will will ultimately be done. Mm. Um, for fellowship, I, I can't tell you how encouraging this focus has been, I mean, I know we're just at the beginning, um, but it's awesome that our church is, is tackling this, is, is doing this. And, um, you know, as I said, in the beginning of my testimony, um, it wasn't talked about in the nineties for me and my life, it wasn't talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, so if we can corporately talk about sensitive issues, you know, uncomfortable topics, um, corporately, then we can do them in a small group setting. We had small group last yeah, night sure. and yeah. we were talking about this and, yep. and, and it's not anything we've ever talked about before. Right. Um, so we're opening those doors of communication. So then you go from the corporate to the community to then into the home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been around your family when we've, we've talked about some of these yeah. things and, um, some other families that I know that these are opening the doors for them to talk with their kids, for their kids to ask questions. Um, so, you know, whether you're you're 18 or 48 or, or 78, mm-hmm. you know, I think people can now start talking about this, this, this thing of identity and sexuality yep. because we are, we opened it up. I mean, that's yep. the perfect thing about about this focus. And it's great. And I think you're right. It does start with just those conversations yep. in the home mm-hmm. um, and then building and growing them to where we're not afraid of them. We're not ashamed of them. Right. So that way somebody mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. in the, in our society today, in the world today, in this time and place in mm-hmm. FBC today can find somebody to go to yeah. or can find that there 
is answers beyond where their attractions and their mm-hmm. struggles may be. I um, mean, it, it it plants it plants the seed. It's just like it's just like when you're sharing the gospel. You know, you're planting that seed. Somebody else is going to water that seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might water it. You might actually bring it to to full growth, but you might not. So by this focus, we're planting those seeds. The seed I didn't have necessarily right. in 2007 when I first came out of no of saying, oh, there's another option, mm-hmm. you know. So by by having this conversation, you and I on this podcast and in this focus, you know, someone might realize there there's another option. It might not keep them from going down a path. You know, they might choose the action, mm-hmm. um, as we said earlier. Um, but that seeds planted um, in their mind that, you know, the, the, there's not just one path. Yeah. Um, and, and God will still pursue. Absolutely. And, and absolutely. according to your parents as well, don't, you know, keep the prayer. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. And uh, and you're just a great example of how there is redemption. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate, really, really appreciate you being here to have absolutely. this chat. Thank you. There will be more chats in the future. And, um, you know, we kind of mentioned the beginning of this podcast coming out of the sermon this past week mm-hmm. where you were on stage for only a few moments. A lot of questions were right. there. Hopefully we answered some here today, but there may be others even after listening yeah. to this podcast and recording. And I just want to encourage anybody who is listening to go to our website where you can um, check out the fbcva.life slash identity. Mm-hmm. There's spots where you can fill out any kind of questions. Um, and if you are in the building, you can go to the home center and there's a little question and answer box. You can write a little, on a little card, drop a note in there because we do have um, even more events mm-hmm. coming up in the future. I just want to give a couple of plugs. Yeah. This coming weekend, Christopher Yuong is here for the sermon, and on Sunday after church, um, starting at 3 o'clock, he's doing a, uh, a more in-depth um, seminar mm-hmm. on the church and homosexuality, and he's doing question and answer time as well. Um, we have uh, at FBC a panel for adults to attend February 26th, and then also a youth panel will be two weeks after that in March mm-hmm. um, that Dennis McNutt, our youth pastor, will help oversee and have people on stage to answer right. questions and field kind of these more hard-hitting details that yeah. people might be really <laughs> wondering Absolutely. what's going on with X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And let's try to tackle those questions as best we yeah. can from a biblical perspective. Well, thank you again for being a part of the podcast and um, just continue to uh, to tune into these because we're going to, over the next several weeks, continue to unpack some more hard-hitting um, topics. Um, but this concept of living out your sexuality as a single man, William, right. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you, you did a great job. And uh, tune in again. Thanks for watching. And until we do chat again, let Christ be the focus of your life each and every day. Amen.